What's up, guys? It is Connor and Freddy here. I know I took Freddy's name, but it's okay, because <laughs> you know why? Freddy knows who we are, and yep. he's going to say it. We are the Cinema Seekers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And this is our 10th episode. Woohoo! Oh, yeah, the big one zero double digits. Although, officially our 10, unofficially... 12 because <laughs> of two episodes you guys are never gonna hear so don't expect that to ever come <laughs> <laughs> i'm still holding out hope that can of worms will somehow resurface on my computer because <laughs> i don't i'm still confused as to how that happened but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things that just happens you know at least it was like the first two episodes and not like episodes in the middle because that would have been really annoying to lose a oh, yeah. one of these in the series that we've been working on. I definitely agree that it wasn't our ex one of our X Men films. And I have to say, Connor, we have yeah. quite the X Men film here. Oh my gosh, dude! I am. I don't think any movie out of this entire franchise, and I might would go as far to say superhero films in general has affected me this much. Mm -hmm. Like just the, the amount of time that I've spent just pondering this movie, not even like against my will too. like, just like, I can't help, but just like soak in what I've seen and just like mull over it in my head. After I see this movie it happened the first time I watched it and it happened, I think even more so the second time that I watched it, you know, last night when I watched this movie again, uh, yeah, this think, movie is, is uh, something else. I definitely think the only other superhero-ish movie that has this odd effect on me is Joker. I think it's the only other superhero movie. Yeah. But Joker affects me in a much different way than this one. I think Joker is a much more eerie feeling that it gives me. And this one, this one definitely makes me a lot, definitely makes me sad. Like, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this right off the bat. Um, I watched this movie, then I had to go pick my girlfriend up after work. And she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I watched Logan. <laughs> that Logan will damper your mood. Like, if you're, if you're having a good day, yeah. do not <laughs> watch Logan. <laughs> because it's going to make you sad. That's, and that's, yeah. a, for a film to do that, that is excellent. That's what every movie should do to you. It should make oh, you yeah. feel something. That's the number one thing I've been told while, you know, learning mm -hmm. film and stuff. That's the number one thing I've been told. Make the audience feel something. And I got to tell you, James Mangold makes you feel something in this movie. And it's, oh, oh my goodness, it's a ride that you go on in this film. Yeah. Yeah, this movie is so sad that my wife wouldn't even watch it with me for the second time. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true for me too. Like I told Jasmine, you know, I'm going to watch it. Do you want to watch it with me? Cause sometimes she wants to watch them with me. And this time mm -hmm. she said, shut up. Um, no, I'm good. You can watch it. And that's how it is. So that's, yeah. that's how strong this film is. People don't want to watch it because they know what ride they're about to go on. And it's not, it's not a good one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's not a good one in terms of how it makes you feel, but in terms of right. the movie, yeah. oh man, such an excellent film. Yes, definitely. I, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say it. I, there's three specific moments in this movie that hit me in the feels and literally make me tear up. And mm -hmm. 
one of them actually made tears fall out of my face. Yep, so I, I bet. that one's the, the hardest one for me. And we'll get into those. That's one of my points that I want to discuss each of those moments. But um, yeah, just right off the bat, uh, you know, let's go ahead and get into the um, the background on this movie. Because I really want to get into this movie as quick as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. So the movie came out March 3rd, 2017. You know. It's a it's an interesting year to mm. come out, you know, and um, the uh, directed by none other than James Mangold, who directed the last one. So the box office. I'm going to tell you this first before I tell you how much the budget was. So this movie made 619 million USD. So Connor, dang, okay. What do you think the budget for this film was? I. Um, I'm looking at the budget for all the other films and trying to make an educated guess because this film does seem pretty small in scale. So I'm going to guess 120 million. Well, Connor, I got to tell you, you're pretty right on the money. Um, the budget, it says it was from 97 to 127 million. So you actually uh, you hit the nail pretty close on the head. So 120 okay. million, only seven million off to what they estimated. Of course, so this movie, a such a tiny budget, just blew its budget up. Like it, it quadrupled that very quickly. Mm-hmm. I bet. Like this was one of those movies yeah. that if you didn't see first week, you were gonna get spoiled. And so I'm sure every human being saw it first week. Like I saw it first week. I know our friend Sean and Keon saw it first week. Uh-huh. Connor, you saw it first week, right? I'm pretty sure I did. I know I saw it in theaters, so yeah. I was I was really ready for this movie. Like I honestly went into it a little bit nervous because, like, obviously it had the R rating, and so I didn't know that just opened up the possibilities for them to do whatever they wanted. And honestly, that kind of scared me a little bit because I didn't want them to like just fly off the handle with anything, but. They didn't at all. Like, they kept it very, very... I mean, of course, it deserves its R rating. Like, this is a violent film, and the language is pretty bad. But um, they didn't do anything, like, crazy with the movie. Like, they kept it very um, focused, and it it's a huge payoff, I think. Um, it just... Just 20 years worth of movies, or I guess 17 years, because this came out in 2017, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, however many films Hugh Jackman was in, like, just the lead-up and the payoff is just crazy for this movie. It's insane. Definitely, definitely agree. So, uh, should we should go ahead and talk about what, what came out around it right now? I feel like that's, that's a good place to go. Yeah, at for sure. Before we get into the cast. I feel like once you and I start going into the cast, we're just going to start talking about the movie yeah we'll (laughs) we'll get lost in it from that point uh, so before we do the cast we're gonna go into like what movies are coming out around this time and all that good stuff so this movie was actually one of the first movies of march march 3rd 2017 is when it came out Mm. and it came out uh, the other biggest movie that i saw that came out against was the shack that was a um a christian movie and I, I'm pretty sure Logan squashed that like a bug, unfortunately. So I feel bad for it that. It probably little, did. I feel bad for that movie because <laughs> I, I, I've actually heard okay things about it. It's not like it's a bad movie. I have too. For a, for a Christian movie, like usually it, those it, get a really it, bad rep. But <laughs> it came out against a monster through no fault of its yeah, own. Yeah, for probably. sure. 
<laughs> yeah. But you know, later, later in the month, uh, we, I don't think we got. Oh, later in the month, March tenth, another heavy hitter with Kong Skull Island. That oh a, yeah, that's a pretty big one to come out later, about a week later. And I think. Oh, and then uh, a week after, a few weeks after that, you have Beauty and the Beast. The live action adaptation. Oh, so there's a know, lot of hype for that movie. I gotta be honest. This is a pretty big month. And then next, I don't know if you're a Power Ranger fan, Connor, but the Power Rangers came out May 24th. Yeah, Connor, this month. Ah, oh, Life came out too. Right after that. What came out? Life, the like, movie yeah, with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. movie. And then you know, a kids' movie that came out was. Boss Baby, which I hear is a hit, is a hit among the children. I've never seen it, never really wanted to see it, so I just haven't. But also that movie that we've talked about, Ghost in the Shell, actually came out this month as well at the end. So Connor, I gotta tell you, this movie, you know, for a lot of a wide variety of people, had a lot of heavy hitter movies. You had um, Logan come out. Then you had a monster movie, Kong Skull Island come out. Then you had a Disney movie, Beauty and the Beast come out. And then for your Power Ranger fans, Power Rangers came out. And then, you know, then you had a kids movie, Boss Baby. All those are titles that now we know were heavy hitters at the box office. Indefinitely. Yeah. So I gotta tell you, it's like Logan kicked off a pretty good month for movies and i gotta say yeah and out of all those it is definitely the best in my opinion but you know i agree (laughs) so because it came out so early in the month i looked back at february too guess which um horror film came out the on february 24th so like the weekend before logan you've seen it so that should narrow it it down i have seen it yeah i'm gonna tell you it doesn't narrow it down because I, okay. <laughs> I don't like to remember the horror movies I go and see or watch. So this one um, is Get Out. Came out February 24, oh, okay. 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Which I know we've already talked about this. I haven't seen it, but. <laughs> I'll tell you this. It is a horror film, but it's not like a scary movie. So I was actually okay. able to watch. I actually didn't watch that in theaters. I watched it way after when I worked at Walmart. I watched it with you know, people you. who worked there. And I actually didn't watch it. Mm. I don't think I watched it in 2017. I think I watched it in 2018, to be honest with you. Yeah, so it kind of loses that context of when it came out. Yeah, probably. yeah. But, yeah. I mean, still, like, that was that was probably pretty big competition yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with Logan when Logan came out, like, the following week. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely, definitely. It's interesting. But, yeah, definitely, Logan the biggest film of that month in our opinion of course some people probably were more excited about beauty and the beast and stuff like that but i'm sure logan logan definitely came right out of the park swinging and it i guarantee you it was top box office for at least two or three weeks like it didn't get knocked down for a little while even though oh yeah it was rated r it unfortunately didn't you know it's not it's definitely not one of the highest grossing rated R films because it only made 619 million. We all know that Joker is 
that one of the highest grossing films of all time. That one made a billion. So Logan, oh, even Deadpool was even, yeah, higher. Even Deadpool. So you know, Logan came out and it swung and it it made a pretty good hit. I'd say it made a few home runs, and I definitely yeah. think it deserves it. And I I will say though that um, Logan, out of all of the films that we've reviewed so far, all of the X Men films we've reviewed, Logan is the second highest grossing behind Days of Future Past. Mm, okay, so okay. I mean. It's pretty pretty decent for the franchise. Definitely, definitely. Got you there. So I feel like we got all of that out of the way. I guess we can go ahead and get into the cast, which will then lead us into our discussion of the film. So everyone, I hope you're ready for this ride. It's going to be interesting, (laughs) especially for us. Yeah. And if you haven't seen this film, like, I know that we said it's a sad movie. Please go watch it before, before you listen to this. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil this for anyone, uh, because it's just such a good film. Like, it's a good movie. It's not just a good superhero movie. It's a good movie. So please do yourself a favor and watch this before listening. But please listen as well, because we need, we want that. I definitely agree. You could definitely watch this and not have to watch any other previous film. But having watched previous oh, yeah. films, it does enhance the film that much more. Mm-hmm. So I will say, you know, this movie had two already known cast members who were Hugh Jackman yep. as Wolverine and Patrick Stewart as Professor X. However, in a way, you and I have never seen them before. Like, no one ever thought this was going to happen. And what they did in this film was just nothing short of amazing. Like, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. But what they did for this movie, it made you feel for these characters even more than you had before. And it was definitely a different take on Professor X. Because we've always seen Professor X as more, you know, a smart human being. I know, usually well put together, except for uh, Days of Future's mm. Past is where he was definitely more like this, but not to this extent yet. Yeah, so. definitely a different way. Um, like he in in Days of Future Past, I'll, I'd say he's just more kind of like not matured yet. This this version of the character, he's already gone through all of his maturity, and he still he still holds on to that in some ways. But he's just you know beaten down by humanity, really, because mm-hmm. I mean that happens to the to the best of us. I mean we get degenerative brain disorders and. I mean, it's not his fault that that happened, you know, in the movie, in the context of the movie, but it doesn't make it any less sad. Yep, definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, Hugh Jackman, you know, also did something. I mean, he's, you know, Wolverine's always been that gruff, kind of like grumpy character, like doesn't want, want to do with a lot of stuff, but ends up getting into it. And this movie, I think he's that times like three because like, Oh, he man. literally just wants to live his life. But, like, all this crap just starts happening to him through no fault of his own. Like, it sucks that all this mm. crap happens to this guy who's like, I don't want to deal with any of the world's BS right now, but it keeps coming to me, unfortunately. And, like, that yeah, that almost enhances your feelings toward Wolverine because you're, you feel so much more for him. Like, man, it's not his fault. <laughs> like, at all. 
in this film. I know. That's, that's the thing. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, and I'm so glad that we watched this movie after all of the buildup from the previous movies because um, all of the little tidbits you get with Logan and Professor X in the previous films, dude, I I didn't realize just how much of that pays off here. Mm-hmm. And I say pay, pays off, not really meaning like like it's, you know, like this fan favorite moment or anything like that. It's more of like, like it gets paid off, but it's it's like bittersweet payoff, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I'm just so glad that we had the uh, the context because like, just, and I, like I picked up on them when we were watching them, but like the one that I, one of the instances that I'm thinking of is just like the moment in X2 when they're in Cerebro and they're just like, you know, Logan's smoking or whatever. And Professor X is like, you better put that out, Logan. But just like stuff like that, mm-hmm. like the the buildup has just been so, so awesome. And it helps this movie out so much. Yeah, definitely. Definitely their camaraderie from the other films and how they interact in the other films definitely made this movie feel so much stronger because they had a relationship in other films and they were able to play off each other even better because they had those previous interactions mm-hmm. with each other. So I, I, I definitely agree with everything you're saying, my friend, that this, this is definitely their best. Like, like I, I don't know if I'm ever going to see another movie where I think Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman together are the, like they make the movie. Like you're never going to be able to see that again. And, this is it, yeah. and I love it. Absolutely love it. I agree. Yeah, so they're good, and um, this one of the standouts in this movie, man, is um, Daphne King, mm-hmm. who plays Laura. Um, mostly unknown at the time that this movie was made, I I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't really this, recognize any of the stuff that she's in. Not yeah. a whole lot of filmography. Yeah, this is the this is the movie that set her off. Like, I'll tell you that for sure. Because mm-hmm. I think she only has three big movies under her belt. And this is this being the biggest. And this definitely set off her career. Um, the unfortunate thing is it didn't look like she did much after this film. Uh, I don't know yeah. if you're seeing differently. Um, I can click on her name and see what I get. I'm looking at it as well. I mean, I... Th- she is still a child actor, and so like it. I think it takes some time to really kind of get going. Well, I mean, how old is she? I mean, she's okay. She's born in two thousand five. She's fifteen years so. old currently. But man, whoever, man, whoever made the call to get her, that was a good choice because, despite her being pretty much unknown at this time, dude, she, she shows up in this movie and. It's incredible, like mm-hmm. the stuff that she pulls off in this movie. Definitely, definitely, I definitely agree. She's definitely. I honestly want to see her in more, but the fact of the matter is, she's also from Spain. So if she would be in yeah. in any movie, it would most likely be a um a, a Spanish film. So I I definitely looks like her last movie was 2019. So hopefully mm-hmm. they, she was in a movie that it's just on pause right now due to our current situation. But hopefully we see her right. again at some point. I would really love to see her do anything because she did this role barely speaking throughout the majority yeah. of this film. I guarantee that is not easy to do. 
not easy to convey oh, emotion and stuff. I think the only person, the other person that I think can, can, there's a few people that can do it, but the one that comes to mind is James McAvoy and where he does the, where he's in, um, I think it's Apocalypse. And Apocalypse gets in his mind and you see in his eyes where, like, you see, at first there's like excitement, then you see like the fear set in. And I think it's the only other time in the X-Men saga where just a facial expression described who you were. And she definitely, she definitely took that and amplified it by a billion because she doesn't (laughs) speak at all in this film until I think the last 30 minutes. Maybe not even that. Maybe the last 20 minutes. But it's definitely very limited. Other than that, she like screams most of the time. But you know, that's to be expected. But it's, it is amazing what she did in this film. And I tell you, um, I bet you when they were looking for her, because there's actually a video on YouTube, it looks like, about her getting casted, where she did a screen okay, test cool. with Hugh Jackman first. So I guarantee you, oh, wow. they went through a ton of children to see who was the best that could bounce off of um, Hugh Jackman. And I guarantee sure, yeah. it was a process. And when they found her, they probably loved it. Probably loved it. Yeah, yeah, she kills it. I would love to go see that um that uh, audition. I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to look at that after we finish. Yeah, I, I saw it when I was looking at the information in general, but it's definitely out there. So I guess next, yeah. uh, the next person we can talk about is Stephen Merchant as Caliban. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Caliban. Dude, yeah. um. The only context I had with Steven Merchant before watching Logan is this show called Hello Ladies. I don't know if you've ever heard or seen it. I have not. heard of it or seen it, <laughs> but it's a comedy and it's basically like the whole premise is Steven Merchant is just like this tall kind of gangly British dude and he's in America and he's got a paraplegic roommate who's like kind of the hot guy. And then I think he's got another roommate too, but basically the whole joke of the show is that like he's trying to get with all these women and they pretty much just like don't pay any attention to him, but they're like in love with his roommate. And uh, it's just it's a really funny show. Uh, my brother uh, made made me and my family watch it. And like he we like we were all cracking up. My dad was like crying, laughing. and It was so funny. But just to see like him go from that and he also directed a lot of episodes in The Office, too. He was an executive mm-hmm. producer with uh, Ricky Gervais, which that's an incredible show, too. Well, Connor, he's also he's also in some other movies. Um, have you ever seen Tooth Fairy with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Oh, yeah, I have he's, seen that, he's actually. He's in Tooth Fairy. And then Connor, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> he's also in a movie we talked about with Sean that you said was garbage, and we disagreed. Movie 43. <laughs> He's in movie forty three. Stand by that man. He he does a truth or dare with Halle Berry. Yeah, you're right. That's I forgot about scene. that. And then the most recent film he's in is Jojo Rabbit, which is an amazing film. Absolutely love that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. Oh God, you have to see it. Absolutely, he's in Modern amazing. Family too. At some point. <laughs> yeah, I I know that for a fact because he definitely pops up. But yeah, like he's pretty much only done comedy up mm-hmm. until Logan, like almost exclusively. That's oh, crazy. And um, just to like, I really am curious as to why he he got this role. Like, 
number one, I wonder if he was interested in it, but but number two, I wonder if they just wanted him because he was kind of tall and maybe fit the bill for appearances. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure on that at all. Like he very well could have wanted the role of Caliban, but it's just such a it's such a serious role. Like every every role in this movie, really, except for maybe Pierce, I guess you could argue, is a little bit more on like the the funnier side. Mm -hmm. But every other role is like super serious. So that's really weird to me. But I think he did great in the movie, though. I I liked him in the movie. Yeah, he did pretty good. The little bit that he's in it. He's not in it a whole lot. Yeah, in the beginning a little bit, and then he sprinkled throughout up to a certain point. Yeah, he's definitely. And it's also funny because he's the second actor to play Caliban. I know. I was thinking about that the whole time. So like, it's definitely interesting that you know they used him in this movie. Like, out of all the mutants to survive, like they chose him. Mm -hmm. I guess, which is interesting. I wish, kind of wish, in the movie we got a little more like how that happened, kind of thing. But you know, yeah, why it's him? Yeah, instead of like. Because really, they just needed a tracker or, you know, something like that. And I'm sure they could have, you know, there's tons of mutant powers out there. So, but yeah, that, that'll that be interesting to get into a little bit. And then uh, I guess we can talk quickly about Pierce. Yeah, Boyd Because he's, he's more or less the uh, main antagonist. I mean, he's not like the main antagonist of the film, but he has the most screen time of any antagonist. Mm-hmm. And... um. He's in a horrible movie called The Host. I don't know if you've seen that, mm-hmm. but it basically takes a dump on the book that it's <laughs> that it's uh, made after because the book is actually pretty decent. It's mm-hmm. one of Amanda's favorite books, and mm-hmm. she made me read it. Okay. But uh, the film sucks. He's also in The New Predator, which I have not seen. Yeah, no one's seen um, it. And I've heard isn't that great, honestly. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I would stay away from that because I've heard very similar things. He's also he was also in um in a movie called um Gone Girl with um Oh uh, yeah. I can't remember his name. Ben Affleck. He was mm-hmm. he's a he's in it for like three minutes and he just steals some money from the girl that is trying to like play like dead or whatever. But the most yeah, notable okay. thing for me that he's in is a show card called Narcos. Which is about the Colombian um, drug cartels. Yeah. And about especially right. about um, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, of course, right now. Uh, Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar's Escobar, okay. and he's the main cop, or the he's the main DA agent that goes after Pablo Escobar. But that's what okay, I know cool. him from. So, and see him in this, you know, I what did you, I'll, I'll ask you this? What did you think about him? In this movie, like, how did you feel about him? I, I mean, I liked him all right for sure. Like, he's not like my favorite part of the movie or anything, but um, I think that his little, his like weird kind of country lines are they kind of release tension um, in some of the heavier parts of the film. So that was kind of nice to rely on that a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that's why they kind of wrote him the way they did was just to kind of relieve some of that, like building tension that because you ha- you got to have breaks in the movie. You can't just have like, you know, high intensity from from beginning to end mm-hmm. on any film because you'll just get like overwhelmed or sick of it and turn it off. So yeah. I think they used him pretty well. It was it wasn't too much. It, they definitely did it sparingly. But like, I love the line when he's like, um, 
as I live and breathe the Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And like I love like I love the whole idea that he's like he's an X-Men fanboy, yet he's like a, he's one of the bad guys. Like mm-hmm. it's so, such a weird position to put him in, but it's it played pretty well in my opinion. I don't know, what do you think about him? I actually really kind of enjoy his like his performance in this movie. It's definitely it's definitely different because they totally could have played him serious because in Narcos they play him serious. And so, oh, really? yeah, so it is like, if you watch him in Narcos and this, it's a pretty good contrast. Like in Narcos, like huh. he has his quips, but he's not, he's not the jokey guy that, um, Pierce was in this film. And so I'm really glad yeah. he, he definitely has some range. I like to see that in an actor. So it's kind of yeah, cool to see him as more of like, he's got a little more jokiness in him. He, he can make light of a, a bad situation. And I think yeah. something really interesting about him is like they chose to give him like a robotic hand, and that was a really interesting choice. It's like he's a fan mm-hmm. of the X Men, and I almost wonder like if he like whenever um, Boyd Hallberg played him, did he almost play him like, oh, I'm an X Men too because I have his hand. I almost wonder if that's how he played him because like in this movie, you know, there's no mutants right now, yeah. besides artificial ones. And Logan Caliban and Patrick Stewart as Professor X. So it is interesting. Like I, I would like to talk to him and say, like, did you play it like this? Because it is pretty cool to see like him have the robotic hand and all the people he's with have robotic attachments. So I really right. like how yeah, they kind of like, like played with that. Even though unfortunately yeah. some of the CGI on it wasn't absolutely perfect because there were some like small things where it was like, ah, oh, that's kind of fake. But I got past it because I did like, I don't know, I just like seeing the robotic hand. I especially like the scene when he puts the hand back on and it, like and the fingers, like yeah, the fingers like flip all the way back and then back forward to like calibrate itself. So yeah. I really did like, like his role in this film, even though it was definitely like more minute than anything. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's a, he's, sure. He's the bad guy. He's kind of like one of them. I guess, like you said, not the main, but like, one of the bad guys of the faction that's going after the mutants in this movie. I'm kind of glad they put yeah. him more front and center. Did you have a, uh, he's got a bunch of different, like memorable lines in the movie. Did you have any that really stood out to you as being like a favorite quote? I from think, him? I think my favorite quote is whenever he, he's in the limo and he scoots up to Logan and he's like, you know, I'm a big fan of y'all. And I love that line because it's like, <laughs> yeah. it totally shows you that this guy used to look up to the X-Men and now he's going after him. Another right. one that I like, it's not my favorite, but it's one that I find really interesting because you almost see like his dark side kind of leak out whenever he mm-hmm. goes, first goes to Logan alone on the, um, like the oil field. Yeah. And like he takes off his glasses and goes, the most disappointing thing you didn't do is you didn't call me. And it's like right there. Yeah. That, it, that moment creates tension and it's like, uh Oh, this guy needs business. He's not yeah, some jokey guy that you shouldn't take seriously. You need to take this guy seriously. And I think that's yeah. also when Logan was like, this isn't good. So it's pretty cool that right. I think they could convey that through him. Yeah, my uh, my favorite line was at the end when um, he's like about 
basically about to get destroyed by Logan, but um, he goes and opens up the gate to let X-24 out, and he's like, go get him, boy! Mm -hmm. Like, he did this! And he's, like, trying to rile him up and everything. Like, Mm -hmm. that also kind of gives you a glimpse into, like, he, you know, he just treats this... I mean, I know X-24 is not, like, a person, but he treats him like an animal, basically. And uh, that kind of gives you another glimpse. I also like that he called Professor X Q-Ball. Yeah, <laughs> the old cue ball up in there. I'd like to see him. Yeah, he definitely yeah, has one of those voices that you could like mimic, and it's just he just he's just one of those people in this film. Oh yeah. Uh, there's not really much more to talk about the cast. Uh, so I mean, we could totally start digging into this film right away. Let's do it, man. Yeah, let's get yeah, in. I, I don't know. Would you like to go first? Yeah, I'll go ahead and go first, since I already kind of mentioned my first point. Um, what timeline is this? Is this the uh, the Days of Future Past timeline or the, the original timeline? And I, I know what you're going to say, because I know that we discussed this when we did the Days of Future Past episode, because I was under the impression that the original timeline no longer exists because they kind of like they got wiped out of that room. Mm-hmm. But... The way the movie plays, it makes me feel like it is supposed to be the the finale of the original timeline. And I kind of rather it be that way. I don't know. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that, though? I do. And I have to say, I think this is the new timeline. I I personally feel like this is the timeline that they created in Days of Future Past because the Sentinels didn't wipe people out. The That's government, true. That's a good point. <laughs> the government wiped mutants out by getting rid of the X gene. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why I lean more towards this is the new timeline, and it's like they, even though they fixed it, it still didn't end up good for mutants. And it's like, dang. <laughs> it's like, I know that's what sucks never about get it. it. It's good. like, jeez. <laughs> Because they get, like, a happy moment at... Wait, wait a second. What, do you remember when um, Days of Future Past timeline, the the future, when it took place, like, what year that was? I do not. If it was 20, because I wrote down when it, this movie took place, because this is um, 2029, when this movie yeah, was located. Yeah, you're right. Which I isn't think too that far one, off. I honestly think that one was 2024. I think it might have been 2023. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, what what sucks about that though is that they like get a happy moment at the end of Days of Future Past, like in the future. So presumably that's the same year. But then I guess a couple years later everything goes to crap. Or wait, no, they say ha- did they give a timeline for the Westchester incident? What no. if it was like the next year or like the next day or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have sucked. Yeah, they definitely didn't give a timeline for that. However, Logan says mutants haven't been born naturally in 25 years. So that means mutants stopped being born in 2000 in this timeline. And I actually wrote down, why did they stop? But that actually gets answered because the Pierce literally says we got rid of that gene, which is crazy. Because, like... How did they even do that? Well, see, that's the thing, because um, up until um, this year or last year, you know, we... Gene-altering 
was barely becoming a thing. Now it's a bigger thing. Like I told you, there's a documentary on Netflix all about the altering of gene called Unnatural Selection, which is very right. interesting. Yeah. I do um, implore anyone to watch that if they really want to know about like gene altering and stuff. But it would be interesting because that means that technology advanced far faster in the new timeline than it did in the older timeline. Yeah, that's true. So I do think that because of what they did in the past, it advanced. Sure, they stopped the Sentinels, but it made advancements in like gene editing and stuff far more possible, far faster, which just sucks because it's like the X-Men don't get a break. They just keep getting eradicated. And so yeah. also, you know, you mentioned the Westchester incident. Was yeah. that where Charles killed all the X-Men? Is that what that's saying? I think it has to be. They make that pretty clear. Because at first, you know, Charles says, Logan, what did you do? And that's when Logan's leaving that um, broken down um, water tower. Yeah, because he thinks, I guess he's just, he's not in his right mind mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of the movies. So I guess he doesn't know why, like where they are. Like He even says that. He's like, where are we? And, um, he, he's probably wondering where the X-Men are, you know, like, I I guess because he asks Logan, what did you do? He probably knows that they're dead at least, mm-hmm. but he probably doesn't remember, or maybe he even suppressed the memory of him actually doing it. And of course we know that what causes it is some sort of like Alzheimer's or degenerative brain disorder anyway. I so know, that's even more likely that he wouldn't remember doing it, mm-hmm. which is really sad. Yeah, it, it, it makes it sad, and that sucks. That's like Professor X built that, and then he yeah. It, what this movie leads us to believe is he killed all of them, because you know I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember the trailers from this. Um, the trailers made you believe that Logan did it because they used that line, Logan. Oh, dude. What they? did you do yeah. in the trailer? So whenever I was going to see this movie, I was like, Are we going to see Wolverine kill all the X Men? But by the end of this movie, it's like, oh, crap, Charles did it. Charles killed all the X-Men. And it was yeah. probably on complete accident. And not even his fault because of that brain disorder, which makes it even more heart-wrenching that Logan didn't even do it on his own, like, like knowing. That's the suckiest thing yeah. ever. But, yeah, I do have to say, yeah. I think this is the new X-Men timeline, and this is how the X-Men end with artificial X-Men being made at this point. Yeah. I think you're right. I think just what, what kind of irritates me a little bit about it is that if you think about it that way, all of the moments that you got to see with um, Wolverine and Professor X in the original trilogy, they don't, they didn't really happen. So it, it's just kind of sad to be. And the other thing is they even... Professor X set even says at one point, he's like, when I found you, you were you were doing cage matches, which we know from X1 mm-hmm. or X-Men 1 was true. So maybe they're going with the weird time like, OK, some things happen, but other things didn't. You know, I mean, that's just and, really and it's funny because guess what they also mentioned? They mentioned the Statue of Liberty. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So and he's like, that was a long time ago. Like, I know I'm saying, like, this has to be the new timeline, but at the same time, it's like they still were pulling from the old timeline. However, I do... They pulled a lot from the old timeline. Yeah, I I do still think 
that this is the new timeline because to me that would make more sense yeah but at the same time they have the conflicting things where these characters also remember like what happened in the the x first x all the x-men movies for a matter of fact so i almost have to say maybe this movie is just in a different timeline entirely like like we have to assume it's in a timeline where all that stuff that happened in the past X-Men movies is somehow still all together, which is crazy to think. It's like, that couldn't be possible, right. but you never know. I think the best way to look, to think about this movie and as far as the timeline goes is that you pretty much just don't play um, any of the uh, James McAvoy X-Men movies into it at all. Mm-hmm. If you do that, then you have... X1, X2, X3, um, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, uh, The Wolverine, and then this film. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like a, you know, two trilogies. They kind of go together and it it really, like, Hugh Jackman's in every single one of them. And I think even, yeah, Patrick Stewart's in all of them too. So it really plays better that way. It fits better, yeah. I got you. Yeah, that's probably the way you have to do it. So Exactly like I just said, it's an entirely different timeline on its own. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's like, <laughs> wow, this movie really creates continuity, schmontinuity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a couple different things that they do, the continuity stuff but with, see, man. Here's the thing, though. Even though it does that, it doesn't compromise the film, <laughs> which is the best Yeah, you're part. right. Like, it doesn't compromise it. In fact, it adds to it. It's like, Sure, it makes no flipping sense, but at least it like adds moments to the movie that are like, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, that happened. So I, I do think that this film is definitely one of those movies that's like, yeah, you just take it as it is and you love it. Yeah, and uh, I mean because we were talking about uh, the Westchester incident, I did write down that uh, I don't, I think they said it on the radio maybe in that one scene, but seven mutants were killed in that incident mm-hmm. who do you think was killed was it just like the main x-men like cyclops so. Jean gray well gene gray maybe here's the thing i don't even know i what i wonder is like what if like it didn't happen at like the x mansion or is that what the x mansion were was the x mansion in westchester yeah it was, yeah, it was. Okay, so see if that makes no sense then it's like then wouldn't he have killed all of the x-men like even the kids not just seven people. See, yeah, and, unless they were able to, like, evacuate last minute, because I'm sure there's someone with a mutant power who could, like, I don't know, you know, blink. She could have made a teleport and just, like, pushed some mutants in there and got them away. So let, let's say we go with our, like, little, like, made-up universe where it's X1 through 3, X-Men Origins Wolverine, the Wolverine in this movie. Technically, oh, Jean Grey wouldn't have been there. So we kind of yeah, have to count right. that out. So that means Jean Grey and Cyclops out immediately. So they they weren't there. So in you're the right. seven, yeah. you would have Storm, Angel, Beast, Nightcrawler, um, Iceman, Iceman, Kitty Pride. How many Colossus. is that? There you go. That's it. <laughs> right yeah. there. Those are the people <laughs> who were killed, probably. So this is another thing. When I was watching the uh, special features on your Voodoo, Freddy, I watched the deleted scenes for this movie, 
and there is a deleted scene where they're at the farm and um the mom that was at the farm she's she asks about logan's love life basically like i think she asks if you were ever married and then professor x starts talking and he's like uh he was actually um she was a she was actually a pupil at my school and then he kind of goes into the speech and he's like um her name was Jean Grey. He killed her. And number one, I'm glad that that didn't make it into the final cut. But number two, if they were playing it that way, that definitely means it is the same timeline because Jean is dead. Mm-hmm. And and specifically that Wolverine killed her. Yeah. Oh, so man. That is, that is an interesting way to look at it. But yeah, that, I'm really glad that that didn't make it in the final cut because this movie did not need to have any sort of like gene shadow on it like the previous movie did mm-hmm. yeah thank thank god they didn't try to go for that in this movie like the wolverine yeah where he was like seeing her in his sleep or something which i didn't mind it in that film but th- yeah, it yeah, definitely didn't, didn't but have I, any place in being in this it, one yeah this movie definitely wasn't one of those movies for love <laughs> is what i can say tell you for sure, man. Oh, yeah. There's that. So we spent a lot of time on that one point. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so um, I uh, guess... Oh, so you can go next, man. I think my next point is kind of short, so I guess, thankfully. The next point I have, I wrote down X-Men slash Western. I don't know if you've ever watched any, like, Western movies, either modern or classic. But, you know, this is definitely a superhero Western movie, especially the way it feels, like, where they... Especially where they shoot alone like they're they're in like dusty locations there's dust everywhere even like when they're in the woods that's also technically a western type of shoot location so i really love the fact that james mangold kind of took this and like made it not just a superhero movie but also almost a western type film where it feels like you know they're almost out there in the the great beyond and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I will say I don't have a whole lot of experience with Western films, but um, I I love the fact, just like you, that James Mangold kind of went for that because I think it really works for the character of Logan. And um, just the whole, like, you know, like the gunslinger type vibe that they go for. Like, they, I mean, it, they it does get a little bit heavy handed at one point when they're actually playing the movie. I think the movie's called Shane. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they even quote quote it directly at the end of the movie too. Yeah, personal. Like I I I think it works, but it feels just a tad bit heavy handed to me. Oh, okay. Um, but I will say that it, it really makes me want to go s- watch, you know, westerns in general, but specifically that movie Shane. Mm-hmm. I want to go watch that now just to kind of you know just for like the history kind of benefits of it. Yeah, definitely I'd say, like, this is, like, if you like this movie, you like the feel, like the Western feel, um, you'll definitely like other Western movies, and I'm pretty sure we'll watch some movies like that. I mean, I want you to watch some Quentin Tarantino movies, but there's also other Westerns that we could watch, like The Magnificent Seven, and all those. Yeah, I have seen that. Oh, you have seen that? See, okay, yeah, so, definitely, I really like that about this movie. It's, like, excellent Western movie. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. I could, I could honestly go yeah. for another one. I could, I, I could feel like we could do like, if if Hugh Jackman was still in the role of Wolverine, we could definitely do like 
an early 1900s like Wolverine film, <laughs> which would be that pretty would be cool. Really like cool. see him during the rise of like oil and gold. It would be cool. To Dang, see. that would be crazy. You know, like yeah. that, especially because like he he would probably be like one of the only mutants that you know shows himself as much. And plus, he would mm-hmm. only have bone claws at that point, so that would be like. A pretty cool thing. That would to go see. with the aesthetic, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about you, but personally, I, I wouldn't mind another Western-ish X film. So yeah, that's that was my point. It was a pretty small one, but you know. That's crazy that. to think about that. That what you brought up, like because he was alive technically at that point, and it's so cool to me. This isn't a point, but I just want to say it really quick because I thought about it when watching this movie. But it's so cool to me that. Hugh Jackman was able to play like a, a really big character arc that went over like a century, like a, almost a century and a half worth of years mm-hmm. for, for this character to live and eventually die. I just think that's so cool for a character to have done that in a, in a movie franchise. Mm-hmm. Without time travel too, technically. I know, I mean, yeah. There is some time travel involved, but that's that's not related. Yep, definitely. <laughs> Definitely agree. Um, but also, I do have to say, James Mungold has directed a Western, 310 to Yuma, before. So, Oh, cool. Okay. That. So, James Mungold's not, not, um, not a stranger to the Western feel. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's really cool that they kind of went a different direction than a typical superhero movie. In, in more ways than one, like the whole movie doesn't really feel like a superhero film, but it's still like extremely entertaining. A man has to be what he is, Joey. Can't break them all. There's no living with the killing. There's no going back. Right or wrong, it's a brand. A breath that sticks. Now you run on home to your mother. You tell her everything's all right. There are no more guns in the valley. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the escape scene from the hideout, the little water tower hideout. Mm-hmm. That whole scene was incredible, dude. It mm-hmm. was like high tension um some amazing you know slicing and dicing from both logan and laura and what i love about it is that they almost play laura's character as if she's a villain because she's like hiding out in the rafters and stuff like that and jumping out on the people and she freaking throws a head there's a bunch of decapitated heads in this movie by the way (laughs) yep yeah this is that that scene you're talking about is the scene where you really know. Like, if you didn't know yeah. before, this is the scene where you really know, okay, this is rated R. Because I know it starts out with Wolverine, he kills a bunch of cholos, and then you see yeah. a pair of titties, and you hear some curse words. <laughs> However, you, you, like it's like, okay, this is rated R, but like when that scene happens, when you see Laura take the dude's head mm. off or start stabbing people. Dude, yeah. You see her get harpooned through the heart, all of that stuff. Dude, that's, oh, that's when you know, oh, this is a rated R movie. Like, I have a sister who doesn't like blood, 
<laughs> when we started watching this movie, not even like right when that scene started, she was done. She could not do it. It was too Dang. much for her. So I felt I I feel so bad for her because this movie's so amazing, but she can't watch it because it's just there's just too much blood. So yeah, this this is when you know that's a rated R film. Yeah, for sure, dude. Um, and not only just the action, but like the whole scene is very like high intensity. It's like even up to the point where he kind of like you know slams down on the steering wheel in the limo and like barely makes it across the train like the Mm -hmm. entire scene from beginning to end is just like so intense and i loved every second of it it was awesome i definitely agree it was definitely it's definitely one of those scenes where that cost them some money to do that definitely because i had the most like trucks in it had the most like ground covered and where it was mm-hmm. probably, you know, private land. So I definitely, I really liked seeing that. And it's also, you know, it's not like, it's definitely even more different action because like Wolverine and X-23 are the only two mutants who use their powers to battle in this film. I know, um, yeah, you're right. Professor X uses it, but it's not on purpose except for once. It only does it one time on purpose, and it's only to get some horses in. So, like, this movie is, like, the action comes from the cars, the guns, and the slashing. And that's it. It doesn't have, like, a lot of, like, explosion stuff. And it's, like, like, there's set-piece moments, and it's, like, it's definitely grand in, like, how it is, but it's not, like, so big that it's crazy. It's, like... Again, what we like, we, we like on this podcast, contained action. Where it's not mm-hmm. freaking crazy, or it shouldn't be. There's no unnecessary explosion. Things only explode when they're supposed to. It's definitely, it's definitely awesome to see that they definitely did take the Western feel and apply it to the action. So it's yeah. pretty good to see another film where, another action movie where the action is different. I do have to say uh, real quick that that you do get some other mutant fighting in the end with the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's it's not a lot. And the other thing I wanted to say about this scene is when I was uh, watching some of the special features, they were talking about the set that they use for this. They built that entire set. They built that water tower and everything. Like the entire thing. No, 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 no. The um the Oh, the that, water tower. Oh, oh, wow. That's cool. The entire set was built uh, almost from completely from scratch. I think there was only like one building. It was like an electricity building or something like that. And other than that, it was just like, I mean, you could see in the shots, it was just a complete, you know, expanse around it of desert. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, that was on set and everything. They built it from the ground up there. Even the water tower knocked over and everything. And... That one of my favorite things about film is um, going and watching like behind the scenes and seeing mm-hmm. how they pull off like their their effects. Usually, like practical effects. Like, a, there's a lot of practical effects in this film too, and uh, that's one of my favorite things to just kind of figure out how the filmmakers did that. And um, I just I love just learning about how they build sets and everything and 
this was just a really cool set in my opinion. It just it looks like it just feels so gritty and it looks so realistic and I hope that that structure is still existing because it would be a really cool thing to see one day. Well, I'll tell you this. If the set of the original Star Wars from 1977 still exists, I guarantee you that still exists. It has to. I'm sure they'd probably left it because it is in the middle of nowhere. I hope so. Be, that, mm-hmm. that's probably and like, it's not like they exploded anything. So. Oh, no. like Sure, they took a fence down or two, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's up. Probably not as much as it was for filming, but I'm sure they have pieces of it still there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you, and to hit back on like the filmmaking process, I I agree with you. I love the process of filmmaking. I might have to go look at these bonus features just to look yeah, at this stuff. Yeah, for sure. So I, I guess I'll go ahead and get into my next one, which is uh, I I just want to say I, we've already said it. But I'm going to reiterate it because it needs to be reiterated. This is not just an excellent, excellent film, but an excellent film in general. And I cannot say that enough. 100% agree. Yeah, like everyone has to agree. Like even if I feel like we could show someone who never had seen a superhero film in their life, they could watch this and love it and enjoy it just as much as us. Only thing is we enjoy it more because we have that history. So I yeah. just want to say that, like I, I loved watching this movie. Like, I don't know a bunch about like the making process, but what you're telling me, I love hearing about. And honestly, I just love watching it because like the, the camera angles you got, like the action they shot, like it's just so interesting. And I think the, if I had to say the only lacking thing in this film, and it's very minute, some of the CGI, some of it is kind of like, you know, off. But, I mean, a $127 million movie, they didn't for have real. to use a ton of CGI in this film for, except for like a few things. So, I can forgive that because of how amazing the rest of this film is. Like, not just the story, but the filmmaking process, the actors who acted in it, like... All around, this film is absolutely solid. Dude, you can tell that everyone involved in this film is, like, super passionate about it. And it it shows so well. Um, and it just makes the film-making, or the film-watching process, it makes watching the film just so much more enjoyable when you can tell that everyone involved in it loved making it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I I definitely, another thing to like talk about the filmmaking process is like the makeup for um, Hugh Jackman and Mm -hmm. um, Patrick Stewart to make them look older is awesome. Yeah. And especially Uh, when like Wolverine is beat the crap up. He's just, you know, he's, he looks terrible. That makeup. Oh my gosh. When when he was on the doctor's table Uh and like the slash through his belly. Holy crap. That looked bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But like, yes, super cool special or like you know practical effects used in this film. And yeah, you said uh, Patrick Stewart, dude. At one point in this movie, he says that he's ninety. I was like, are you sure you ain't like a hundred and twenty? Because, that, like, I guess he would be around the age. Like, what if he was ninety? He would have been born in nineteen thirty nine. Which honestly, I would have thought it would have been earlier than that, but. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, like, just, and even beyond just, like, the makeup to make them look old, like, everyone looks so, like, kind of dingy and dirty, and mm-hmm. I know that that was intentional just for, like, how the, like, where the film was set and where it was progressing, and, and like, it was just kind of, like, this dystopian-type future, and so, yeah, all of it, in, incredible. Yeah, and um, one quick thing since we were talking about it, I forgot to mention in the X-Men Western, because um, it's not a point, but it should be, the world building in this movie is subtle. Like, they don't straight up yeah. point out all of that stuff. Like, you only notice it because the cars look different, the the trail, like the truck trailers are driving themselves, there's big yeah. equipment to work on farms. Like, it's all little stuff, but it builds this world that's, and it's incredible. Like, I love, that's another thing I loved about this movie that they didn't have to show you like a big city for you to know that this world is updated, like very updated. Like, right. and you yeah. don't even see a close up of those big machines that are um, going through the corn. You only see them from a mm-hmm. distance and they're behemoths of things, but it's just amazing how they accomplish the world building by yeah. showing you it's like, very small, minute details, but it tells you such a big story about this futuristic world where it's definitely, I feel like it's, it's not dystopian because at the same time, there's still a functioning world because dystopian would refer to like the world like ended and came back and it was just almost Mad Max level. I think yeah, it's not to that level. Yeah, I think on a, it's on the level that, you know, Wolverine, we see what Wolverine experiences is almost Mad Max level, basically, but it, the whole world <laughs> hasn't been turned to that, thank goodness. I think what they made sure they did was there's definitely an element of realism to the world that they built, but it's still, like, like you could see this world existing in several years from now, so they really grounded it in, in reality that way. But at the same time, they throw in the things like the the giant uh, corn reapers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and um, just to kind of make it feel like its own world. And they did, uh, like you said, it was subtle, but it it worked really well. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that real quick. So we can go on to your next point, my friend. Yeah, um, my next point. And I don't even really know like what my thoughts are on it completely, but kind of I kind of wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about Logan's arc in the film. Okay, it's like that's... where he's at, and yeah, is that one of your points too? So one of my points is Logan talk. So I, I guess we can go ahead and get okay. to that. That was that was my last point, but hey, let's talk about it right now, man. I'm definitely okay. <laughs> ready to get into this. You go ahead and say what you got to say first. So. It almost seems at the beginning of the film that Logan, he doesn't want anything to do with anyone except for Charles. Like, he, you definitely get the sense that Charles is the only person that he cares about. And even with Charles, like, he's still, like, super harsh and really gruff. And I think Caliban is even like, you have no intention of taking me on the boat with you. I, I you know, I wouldn't be able to survive. It's a, which I, I, I meant to mention this earlier, but why does Caliban get affected by sun? I want to look that up, but Mm -hmm. I'll continue with what I was talking about. Um, Professor Rex at one point 
is like, you know, there's still good in you, Logan. And he mentions the whole, like, when we found you, there was, you know, you were a cage match. And he even said, like, he's kind of back and forth with it because of the Alzheimer's. Because he's like, you're you're a disappointment at one point. And you can just tell how much that hurts Logan to hear that. And then we find out, like, throughout the film that he's only going along with it at the beginning because of the money. Because he wants to basically buy the boat and bring Charles like he wants Charles to have like a peaceful ending to his life is what it seems like his motivation is in this film which of course we know that that doesn't happen so then after that it's kind of like well what you know what is your purpose now and um I mean we kind of we like I definitely see where they went with this film but I kind of want to know what your thoughts are on it it's interesting you bring that up because I, I I honestly didn't think about that until you just started talking about it, which is it's it's a very interesting thing. It's like Logan feels his purpose is to have Charles have a good send off, but what about him as far as that? And I think in this mm-hmm. movie, look, that's his original plan. Like he wants to see Charles sent off well, and then at the beginning when we see Laura introduced. Logan doesn't care about her. Like he really should have leaves her at one point behind yeah, yeah. to try and escape himself. Doesn't end up happening. But then um when we go to the farmhouse scene and everything's gone to crap, we do see um he goes and grabs her this time. But it's once Charles right. he he's seen Charles has been stabbed. So I almost wonder if Logan was like, I need a purpose, I need a purpose. So it was her, because she was the next closest thing to him. And they weren't even that close. Keep that in mind. So I almost feel like Logan is searching for purpose. So it begs the question, what was Logan going to do originally after Charles passed away? Like, would he have just tried to find something else, or would he have just killed himself? Because in the movie, he said... Yeah, I'm going to kill myself. So I guess once Wolverine kill once not kill Charles, once Wolverine saw Charles pass away, was he just going to off himself and they're just going to be floating on a boat in the sea? <laughs> I that's, think so. That's the so that that that's let's say that's the original plan. It's like, wow, that, that sucks, you know? It's like Logan was yeah, done. He's lost everyone. Logan was essentially Logan was done in this movie. The only reason he was doing anything was to make sure Charles had a good send off, which, you know, it's like doesn't even happen. Like Logan fought so hard to get a good send off for Charles and Charles ends up dying in the crappiest way ever. It's like, yeah, Charles thinks it's Wolverine and it's unfortunately it's weapon 24. And it's like that. I'm sure that's one of those scenes that you're talking about that makes you tear up. I don't know if it's the one that makes you cry, but yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. Like what was Logan going to do after all of this? Cause he definitely didn't have anything reason to live and he clearly didn't yeah. care about Caliban that much. <laughs> I think the only reason that he picked up X 23 or yeah, X 23 Laura at the barn was to honor Charles because Pretty much the whole movie, Charles is going on and on about like how, you know, Logan needs to care about Laura and he's his daughter. 
And despite all of that, Logan doesn't show any signs of caring for it until Charles is gone. Mm -hmm. And that's when he's like, well, crap. Like, obviously he's, you know, devastated by it. But I think in some way he wants to honor Professor Xavier's last wishes Mm to um, to basically, you know, help Lara out. But even after that, like he still doesn't want to bring her up to North Dakota. But yeah, that's what that's what confuses me more, because like, what was he going to do with her if he wasn't going to bring her to North Dakota? Because like you you don't really get to see that because instantly like she convinces him to go to North Dakota because she's like starts saying all the kids names. No, no, no. Before that, what was his plan? (laughs) He she doesn't convince him at all. He does it out of being stubborn. Like, I want to show you there's nothing there. That's why he does it. That's, yeah, you're right. He doesn't yeah. do it because he wants to. He does it because he's like, I'm going to show you you're wrong, which we all know he, he starts to get there, though, because, like, she she, um, she keeps saying the names, and he, he gets irritated by that. He's like, stop saying the names. So I think that it had the potential, maybe, mm-hmm. to change his mind. But you're yeah, right. Yeah, he does do it think, out of stubbornness. I, I think Wolverine was just like, you know what? I'm going to give you a big screw you. And show you that there's nothing right, there. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of funny that they use like the X Men comic to base off of like a safe haven. It's kind of interesting how that played off. Yeah, Which I I want to talk about that at one point. I don't know if we want to talk about it now. Yeah, we can go ahead and talk about that because I have some stuff that I want to say about that too. Well, it kind of plays into Logan. Actually, it's kind of interesting because it's like so in this universe. The X-Men were, um, merchandised. Because yeah. you see the comic, and then also at the very end, after Logan dies, we see the little, um, black kid, he's holding a Wolverine action figure. Oh, cool. I didn't notice that. Yeah, if you, if you look, he is. So it's like, wow, so the X-Men were merchandised. So it's like, it's really interesting, like, so did Charles like just have the X-Men merchandise to keep that um house moving? Is that why? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. I yeah, did guess. they get profits from it? That's that's what I, I, I feel like that's what happened. And it's really interesting because, you know, Logan the whole entire time is like 25% of it happened. The rest of it is a bunch of BS. So it's really interesting. It's like, so the X-Men were merchandised. So I, I, it's really interesting. And the funny thing is, those comics are older comics. So that means the X Men yeah. had been getting merchandised for some time. Well, I think so, but but also I think they could have played it off as like, because X One came out in two thousand in the year two thousand, which was presumably present day. And so I think that they just kind of went with more of a classic look just to do that, just to pay homage to like the original run of comics. Mm-hmm. But I think they probably meant those to have come out like within that timeline. Yeah. But the other thing about that, the comics being in this movie and like the X-Men being merchandised is that the entire antagonistic force of this film is, is only a thing because people were trying to patent mutants like Mm -hmm. patent the mutant gene and make them into soldiers and so that's also another form of like using merchandising where these kids can't be treated like human beings because they have rights to use them as like products basically which is horrible essentially yeah 
Yeah. So that's another kind of way that that plays into it. It's really interesting. And you can definitely tell, like, Logan does not like the fact that he was merchandised. Because he definitely hates the comics right off. Because he's like, none of that happened. People died. Like, it's like, oh, okay. Or, like, you can definitely tell, yeah. you know, Logan has some bad feelings about seeing how the X-Men are being treated. Which is, you know, it's really interesting. It's another thing about the X-Men. At the beginning, we get a quick snippet from the radio that tells you 25 years. There's been, well, not at that point, but you hear the year 2029. And they're like, it's 2029. Yeah. Why are we still talking about mutants? So it's like, so people oh, yeah. just have basically almost started forgetting about mutants at this point. Yeah, you're right. Which is people, crazy. Because who knows how long the Westchester incident had been, and that mm-hmm. had killed off the entire X-Men team, presumably. So there was no one left, really. Exactly. So it's like, it's kind of crazy. Like, people are talking about the mutants past tense in this film. So it's yeah. like, wow, it's, 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 it's a crazy world that they create, too. It's just like, there's no mutants anymore, yeah. unless they're artificial. The other thing that I really liked about the um, comic books in this movie is that it really provided a, a really stark contrast between the reality that the film gives you and what's in the comics. Because, mm-hmm. like... What's in the comics, just like Logan said, like it happened, but it was larger than life. It was it was made out to be some extravagant, you know, crazy out of this world experience. But then when you look at reality, the same events may have happened, but they happened in much more darker ways and not nearly as larger than life and usually probably brutal and violent and just sad basically mm-hmm. so i think i thought that was a really interesting way to kind of showcase that that kind of what they were going for because it really it drilled even more in the audience that this film was a realistic take on what what, what it would be like with superheroes because even beyond that like you have professor x dying basically of old age and degenerative brain disorders and uh, Wolverine himself is being poisoned because of his mutant power, because of the adamantium that they put in him. Mm-hmm. So they're 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 mutants, they're superheroes, but they're dying in very human ways. Yeah, yeah, it's actually it's crazy. Uh, you just mentioned like the poison inside of him. So that's actually a large portion of the point about Logan that I want to talk about. Um, okay. You know, because at first. Now, this is the first time I watched this movie in a little while, I have to admit. And, like, when they were talking about poison, at first I was like, what poison are we talking about? And then, finally, when Logan said, yeah, I know what poison's in me, it clicked. Oh, the adamantium is poisoning him. Which is very interesting. And I can't believe it's like, wow, that metal is killing him. And it's it's almost made Mm -hmm. his mutant healing gene, like slow down significantly which is crazy it's like such an outside force almost took has taken away his mutant gene which is crazy to me i know i i also it begs the question if logan had never gotten adamantium in him how long could he have lived realistically because like right yeah that poison is killing him but he's supposed to also be immune 
to any human toxins and stuff. So, like, say he never got the adamantium in him, he could have lived, like, 200, 300 more years, probably. Dang, I know. Which is crazy to think. It's like, that only reason he's dying is because they got the cool metal put inside of him. And now it's killing him. And I don't know if that's in the comics or just in this movie. Because you mentioned that, um, I I did want to say, um, I I think that this movie pulled a lot more from... To me, anyway, this is just what it seems like because I haven't read Old Man Logan, mm-hmm. but it seems like they pull more from the Death of Wolverine storyline than they do Old Man Logan, which yeah. I have read the Death of Wolverine because Sean has all the issues and he let me read them all. Mm-hmm. And so if I remember correctly, he is like either being poisoned by his adamantium or or something like that. Like he doesn't have his healing factor in... um in the yeah. Death of Wolverine mm-hmm. storyline. Yeah, line. I remember that. So I think that that was like a, a like a big similarity that they pulled from that film. And I'm pretty sure there's other things that happen in that in that uh, series that also happen in this film, or at least similar things. So I, that that is pretty interesting as well. Of course, he dies. So that's like the biggest one, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, he di- but he dies in like he gets adamantium poured on top of him. That's how he dies in that comic. Yeah, he becomes a statue. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, it would, it would, it's just interesting. And it almost like seeing Wolverine, you know, being poisoned by the metal and he's only been alive maybe 200 something years. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, oh, okay. So you're, that's killing you. So I wonder if that's going to start killing X-23 later on. <sighs> that's so sad to think about. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking about that the first time I watched this film too. Because and it's like, oh crap. If you watch her, like I mentioned it earlier, at, we see her get harpooned through the heart, and she yeah. still keeps on killing. So clearly, her yep. healing ability is amplified, probably because she's younger. Yeah, I think so. What I think. So it's like right now, she can get hit and keep on going. Because remember, we see Wolverine, he gets shot in the head, and he goes down like he's dead. But he comes back minutes later. Right now, Laura isn't going through that. Laura is just, she gets hit, keeps going. Like, we see her even, like, she gets shot in the arm, and she takes a bullet out of her arm and spits it out. Like, that's how, <laughs> yeah. that's how much pain she can take, apparently. And how much she can take that doesn't even, like, slow her down. Which is crazy. But it is sad to think, like, is this going to affect Laura later in her life? Because she has adamantium inside of her. And so if it's affecting Logan and he's almost like 200 something, is it going to start happening to Laura? Hopefully she would at least get a really long life. Hopefully. But we hope. That's what I... I, Logan did. And think about it. She has it while she's young. So I guarantee you she's probably only going to have a 150 year lifespan. Which yeah, because Logan think about. got it in the seventies. Uh huh. Yeah. So and it took it took a toll on him. It took fifty years for him for it to take an effect on him. Mm-hmm. And Dang, that's so, crazy. Yeah, it is a sad thing to think about, but it's like Laura's gonna have a shorter life than Logan, unless somehow Laura's ability is amplified and it protects against yeah. that. We don't know. It's never said. And maybe it's said in the comics, but I, I, but yeah, there's, there's that. I know X-23 is actually in 
that X-Men arc because I've also read one issue. It was like the third or second issue, so I only read the in-between. Yeah. You know what else is weird about Wolverine in general? And this also applies to Laura. That the way they age is so weird because Hugh Jackman played this, you know, played Logan from like the 1800s because he was in the Civil War Mm -hmm. up until this movie. So for like a century and a half, he looked like he was between the ages of 30 and 50. Uh But did he not age slowly when he was a kid? Like, did he age normally up until the point that he looked like Hugh Jackman? And then from there, he just looks like Hugh Jackman for a really long time. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. I don't know, man. That's always been weird to me. That's interesting. And then same same thing with Lara, too, because, I mean, you would think that if it's just slowed aging, that it would just be like, yeah, um, you know, you, you're a teenager for like 20 years and then you're a middle-aged man for 100 years. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue how that would work. I don't know, man. It'd be they never address it, so. <laughs> well, there's also the fact yeah. that, I mean, we're never going to see her grown up. We just assume yeah, she, exactly. she goes up into the sunset happy and stuff. Uh, my next point, you know, because what we're talking about perfectly kind of loops into my next point, which is like the Weapon X program in general. It's interesting how this has worked. Um, so Wolverine is Weapon 10. That's why he's Weapon X. That is said in um, Origins, right? Yeah, and that's also true in the mm-hmm. comics. So, and then the um, the really bad Deadpool is Weapon 11. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or X11, I guess, which is dumb to say it that way. And in this film, we have X23, plural, and an X24. Because all those kids are all X-23. Yeah, isn't that weird? It is I, weird. Because I, I thought, up on that too. At first I thought, oh, she's number 23. That means there's 12 other kids. Yeah. Because that's how many numbers are between 11 and um, 23. But then they say at some point X-23 as in plural. So that means all those yeah. kids are x 23 that means there were, I think, 12 other X programs that happened. Yeah. Which is so interesting. And I almost... Who did that make? I know. That's what I want to know. It's like, that means there are other artificial mutants. Unless those artificial mutants were failed and were immediately killed, that's another way that I could see that happening, unfortunately. What's crazy about... I, I saw this too in the film. You know the part where they show the uh, like the data sheets on all the kids, like Logan's flipping through them yeah, and he yeah, finds yeah. the one on X twenty three? So her paper says X twenty three dash twenty three. Does that mean that she was the twenty third X twenty three? Yeah, I guess and so. so. That's that the means only that thing, they were like That's the only thing you can equate that kids. to that she is the twenty third X-23, which is kind of funny. And if that's the case, why not just make it, you know, just make her X-23 the only one? Yeah. Because they have X-24 is the very next 
person. So, I, know, I don't know. It's like immediately after you find out she's X-23, or they're all X-23, you find out, well, they have a 24th one as well, which is freaking like, oh, okay. I guess that's how that <laughs> yeah. happened. I didn't really get that either. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it's weird to me how they did it, but it's also intriguing. It's like, oh, so there are mm-hmm. other Weapon X programs. And it's funny because they call them Weapon X, but X is supposed to stand for 10. So yeah. does that mean it's like, 123 or something, or am I... 1023. <laughs> it's kind of ridic- ridiculous that that's happening, the way they're doing that. Yeah. But it is curious that it's... I mean, it's interesting at the same time and all that good stuff. But yeah, that was, that was one of my points, you know, like, I wonder, like, if, say, Fox had kept hold of the mutants, would we have gotten possible, like, movies? That would be really interesting. Like, if we started out with um, an X twenty three movie, and then we she actually starts finding the other Weapon X programs X twenty, X twenty one, X twenty, X nineteen, like all those. Like, what if there would yeah. be like foes? Like one of them would be like a bad guy, like straight up bad guy. It, it would be interesting to see like how they would have approached yeah. it. But yeah, that's that's yeah, that would have been pretty cool. That's just my little thing on it. There's another thing on the uh, data sheet that I noticed, and it's they say like basically who donate who not donated, but like where the, the source that they got the genetic information from, the DNA. Mm-hmm. And uh, on Wolverine's data sheet, they specifically say James Howlett, which is the name he had as a child, and it. Just makes me wonder even more, like last or uh, origins when we were talking about when did his name change? Because he goes by Logan for like that entire movie, so it's like, did it change when he went into the military? And er, like, I don't know because he also loses his memory. So what's interesting about that to me is like he reads that information and he knows he knows it's him. So after that moment, he knows his name is James Howlett, and then he even goes by that later on like at the at the farm scene he's like yeah my name's james we're the howlets basically Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i just want i think it's interesting that he sees that that's his name and then like goes goes based on that that it is interesting so it's like he rediscovered himself essentially yeah i but i there's no telling if he had already remembered at that point what his original name was so Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, that's one of those continuity, smartnity things, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, you cool with me going to my next point? Yes, sir. Go right on ahead. Okay, because it's the farm scene. Oh, and man. <laughs> I both love and hate this scene. Like, it's such a beautiful scene when they're just sitting around because you finally get a moment of rest in this film, and it's... um. Like even Professor X is like, this is this is what it's supposed to be like, Logan. And it's um like you just even see like through Logan's perspective, like he's starting to warm up to the idea of being like in a domestic situation, but it gets ripped from him immediately. Like there's no holding back in this scene and it's brutal. 
Like it's such a devastating scene. Yep. And um I I personally don't really care about the uh like the weird people they put in it that were like the the property owners or whatever. I was like this is kind of unnecessary. I don't know why this is in here. But uh, um, I can other tell you that, why. Like why? <laughs> it's, it's literally to show that X24 literally has no mercy and will do anything to anyone. That's it. Yeah. That's why. It was dude to show he, force. He straight up kills them for so long off screen. Like mm-hmm. you just hear slicing and dicing and then Logan's doing his whole thing with Professor X during that entire time. It's like, how many people are you killing? Are you just like cutting them limb for limb? Mm-hmm. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, that, that's it. Just to show you that that X24 is really not a force you should mess with. I don't even think you needed that, though, because they yeah, start right. that scene off with him killing Professor X. Yeah, So that right. that right there is like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're, you're totally right in how you're saying it. It's kind of like, I, I, uh, it's yeah. kinda, they just wanted to make sure you still knew it was rated R, even though everything had calmed down, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because um, you are right. You know, this movie has, I, I wrote it down, this film has very few calm points. The... Uh, the first calm point is whenever they first get to the um that hotel. Yeah, and brief. That, that that that's the more brief one, and it quickly turns chaotic. And then the longer one is that farm scene. Like that's what you get. Those are the calmer scenes of the movie. I mean, I guess you could also call the one where you know Logan and Laura are driving to the well, yeah, safe you, haven when. The- when they're at the safe haven, too, is mm-hmm. kind of calm. Yeah, but definitely that one's definitely more tense because the kids know they have a limited time to do something. But yeah, the the moment at the farm is definitely the calmest. Like, it's the biggest false sense of hope that a film could ever give, and it's so gut wrenching that it quickly turns oh out gosh. like, no, we're not going to let you sit in this. We're going to immediately off. Charles Xavier like that to show you no one is safe. They kill everyone mm-hmm. in that scene. Everyone in that scene. And do I have to say, I we're talking about it now, so I am just gonna go ahead and say it. I think um it's it's a nitpick I have with this scene. I know in this scene Charles is most important to Logan, and Logan doesn't even know these other people. But, like, he sees all their dead bodies and really doesn't care. And it kind of sucks because it's like this family kind of took them in and showed them, like, a good time. And now they're gone and they don't even care, which I understand why they did that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, wow, that sucks. You just completely didn't care that the kid was killed, the mom was killed, and the dad was killed. But... Okay, and it's like, it's one of those things that, it's like, that's where Logan's priorities are, not in this family, so it's it's almost like a necessary thing that has to happen. I think he probably cares, he's just seen so much crap up to this point that it's just, it doesn't even phase him anymore, because, like, everyone he knows gets killed, basically, and definitely the only father figure he's ever really had has just died and mm-hmm. so that's just 
that wrecks his world, I think. Yeah, but it is definitely like it's the uh, like James Mangold knew when writing that scene, he was like, I'm gonna give the audience hope and then I'm gonna stab it away Destroy with it. some Wolverine claws. Oh my gosh. And it's like like because both Charles, the family, and the redneck family die, but also Caliban sacrifices himself to, you know... Which, also pointless, because I'm pretty sure he only ends up killing himself. Yeah. Well, Because <laughs> Pierce is uh, still alive! Uh, uh, yes, that's a, another thing that I have to say. So Caliban pulls this pin, and somehow... Two pins? Yeah, pulls the pins, and he throws the grenades... Okay, whenever Pierce sees that, there's another guy in the van. In the yeah. same spot where Pierce is standing, but Pierce only survives. No. Well, I don't know. It never shows the other guy, so you just... I guess you assume that He's he dies, dead. but it He's never dead. actually shows him get exploded. Un- unfortunately, but it's like, that guy, if Pierce could have survived, the other guy could have survived as well. So there's no exactly. way that Pierce only survives. Personally, so Calvin managed to only get one person. One guy. Not worth it, dude. Mm-hmm. One guy. You should have. Th- he should have thrown it at at Rice because Rice was not far away. Uh huh. Mm. But yeah, the whole scene is super sad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and also, one other thing about this scene that I kind of want to discuss. So I, you you mentioned earlier that Professor X dies basically not. Or basically thinking that Logan killed him. Is mm-hmm. that what you said? So, do you think that that's true? Because he does get one more moment with Logan, not X-24, right before he fades away. So, I would like to think that he was, you know, lucid, or, uh, you know, present enough to know that that was not Logan who killed him, but you never know. Okay, so like, here's the thing. Sucks. Um, earlier in the film... Charles, um, Charles says, I know it's you. I know it's always you, but. Oh, yeah, you're right. But he says, like, I, it, I don't think you're always here. Like that. He says, I just don't recognize yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but he always knows it's him. So I almost wonder if Charles, I wonder if that, that X24 has, like, similar brainwaves to, um, Logan, because he straight up starts talking to him like he is Logan, and then yeah, that's true. I think he he realizes that this isn't Logan. Like he's gonna like, oh no, I made a mistake, and that's how he gets killed. Because at first he does think it is Logan, but then it ends up he he. So I think he does know that Logan didn't kill him. Some other thing killed him. I really hope so. That's how yeah. I perceive it, and I think that's how we should all perceive it, because it's if we perceive so it s- thinking that Ugh. Charles thinks Wolverine killed him, that'd be sad. Very sad. It, it breaks my heart because um, Logan was, like, carrying him down the stairs, and he's like, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And that just kills me to hear him say that. But the other thing is that X-24 would totally not have waited for Charles to say that entire speech. Mm-hmm. Like he had a mission. He's a clone. He, d- he has no emotion. He would have just gone in and killed it and been done with it. Killed him and been done with it. Uh, but he doesn't do that. He just the, waits. Here's the thing. I remember he's being controlled. 
just like X11. Yeah, I, I think the doctor wanted to hear what uh, what um, Professor X had to say. But why? I what does he care? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is just a little theory. I don't know if it's true. I doubt it. But I think the doctor. I mean, just, it's the only thing that makes sense. But, yeah, yeah, I think that's why he took so long to kill Charles. So X24 also has a computer in his brain. Yeah, remember, because we see through his eyes multiple <laughs> points, just like X11. Yeah. So, yeah, that happens. <laughs> Dang. That's one of the bad that things sucks. they took from Origin. It's like, oh, he has a computer in his brain, too, apparently. <laughs> there's, an, there's another bad thing they took from Origins, and we'll get into it. But, oh, okay. Uh, you can go... Uh, you can go ahead with your next point if you want to. So I think the next thing I want to talk about is the score of this film. How do you um, how do you feel about it? I'm going to ask you. I know. Yeah. So um, towards the beginning of the movie, uh, when they just like the pretty much the very first scene, I think I was already like, oh wow, I actually kind of like dig the score. Mm-hmm. I even wrote that down at the beginning, uh, just because I was you know it kind of hit me then. But even like consistently throughout the movie. It's not like an exciting score by any means. Like it's very much toned down to the tone of this movie, but it works really well. Mm -hmm. Like I love the music in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To me, it's kind of like the Joker music and the fact that it feels really like, um, it's different, but it fits the tone of this movie because it's kind of like, it's kind of like it has a Western kind of feel to it but at the same time yeah. there's those there's those there's a there's one particular score that if you listen to um if you watch through all the credits it it plays at the end of the credits the last song to play it uh it's like a piano and some like soft horns and it's like dun 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 and it's 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 like almost eerie it's like a, a, it tries to give you hope but you know there's no hope at all at the same time, that's one of my favorite um, tracks that they use in this. Interesting. It's like, yeah, I have to. I don't know what it's called. I'd have to look it up. But it, it's definitely one of my favorite tracks. I really, even the score is not like the. Even though the score is not like big and broad and out there, it is still yeah. pretty good that they got to use the score. And there's actually a yeah. song, a real song. By Jim James Croyce, um, I got a name. It, it it's playing at the gas station, and that song has been in another western, oh, cool. which is my favorite western, which is Django Unchained, a Quentin Tarantino movie. But like you barely uh-huh. hear it, and it's really interesting because that song is like I got a name, and to me it like that fits Logan. It's like he he has a name, like even though he has a billion names at this point. <laughs> like the I mean he's yeah, like I got a name. Right. I'm like multiple times he gets called Wolverine in this and he's kinda like, No no no. I'm not that. And yeah. I think by the end of this film he pretty much accepts that he's the Wolverine. Even though right. he's a much older and less, you know, um how what would you call it? I guess not as talented anymore. Battle hardened. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely not at top of his game anymore. Less, he's less yeah. coordinated now. He just he just attacks like an animal pretty much. Yeah, 
But yeah, so yeah, this is one thing that's I thought I should notice. I really, the score is pretty good to me, even though it's subtle. It's not like, it's not like Avengers, like, da, 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 or the, the X-Men thing, you know, da, 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 da. it's not that. It's, yeah, it, it's its own thing in itself. So yeah. That, yeah, honestly, that wouldn't have even fit in this movie though. Mm-hmm. But I will say, uh, leading up to me watching this movie yesterday, I had Johnny Cash's hurt stuck in my head like all day, just anticipating this film because that's what they played in the trailers. And I kind of wish there was a moment in this film where they, they played that in the background or something like that. But you don't really you get the he does a song in the credits, right? There is a Johnny Cash. Yes, song Johnny in Cash. The that's the, that's the um the song is called When the Man Comes Around. It's yeah, about that's right. The second yeah, coming the of one. it's about revelations, pretty much in the Bible. Yeah, you're right. But I almost wish I wish they would have played Hurt instead of the Man Comes Around. Yeah. But I guess they wanted to be like, no, nah, we want to play a different song. So there's that. Well, I don't, I don't know. Now that you say that, I didn't put that together. That 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 is like the revelation. But there's actually quite a bit of like Christian themes in this movie. Mm-hmm. And because like they have Eden is like the paradise that they're, you know, headed towards or the sanctuary or whatever. And um, there's a lot like in the beginning, Logan even asked the question to Charles. He's like, you used to say that uh, we were God's plan for humanity. But but then he's like, he pretty much is like, I think we were just God's mistake. And then that's interesting that you say that at the end, because technically Logan does sacrifice himself. So that these kids can make it, you know, through to the other side. Yeah. Which is the whole story of the gospel is that Jesus sacrificed himself for humanity. So mm-hmm. I think they kind of play it that way a little bit intentionally. Yeah, okay. yeah I got you. Yeah, cause if you listen to the whole song, they didn't play the whole song um, in the movie. They actually left out. There's a beginning part where it's just Johnny Cash. And he's literally quoting scripture. He's talking about how like oh, the, the four horsemen came, and at the very uh, end, yeah. he says, "And then a last horse appeared, and on it rode death, and hell followed with them." And that's, huh. but yeah, if you listen, go on YouTube and listen to it. It's actually one of my favorite. I love Johnny Cash, like absolutely love yeah. Johnny Cash, and that's one of my favorite songs from him. His his later works I like a lot more than his his. Beginning works, but I, I love Johnny Cash. I even have both Funko Pops of them. So there, there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> Alrighty. So do you have another point, Connor? Yes, I've got right. two more. I want to talk about these adamantium bullets, Freddie. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> because that's the other thing that they take from Origins is adamantium bullets because they're still a thing and they can still damage you if you've got a healing factor, I guess. What's really weird... To, so I have two questions. Number one, where did he get the adamantium bullet? Was that one of the original ones that Stryker had? Like, where did he get that? I mean, I guess enough time has passed that they could have manufactured them again, but... Yeah, it's... I. I... I guess it's just one of those things is like we have to assume it was probably left over from when Stryker was around. That's the only thing we can yeah. assume really. It's like, oh, he, he found one so he could kill himself. But when, we don't know. It must have been around the time 
you know, he knew Charles was going to die. And so he probably was like, well, if he dies, I'm going down too. But it's funny because yeah. we've seen him get shot with an adamantium bullet before and come back. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. he was like, well, my healing factor is not going to bring me back if I get such a major wound. And we do see that happen. He does get brutally murdered in this. So I could, I see that. But like, what if there's that like 10% chance that he heals and comes back? Yeah. Because he still has a healing factor. It has slowed down exponentially, but it's still prevalent. <laughs> it's not like it went away. See, I think the only way it would have made sense is if he had like killed, like shot himself in the eyeball, like through the eye socket yeah. or something like that. Or his, cause you don't have your skull protecting you there. Because he has an adamantium skeleton. There's mm-hmm. no way that... That's the other thing that I don't understand is, like... I know what you're going to say. How did this... Yes, how did it blow off half of X-24's <laughs> head? <laughs> Does he not have an adamantium skeleton? He did, because if you look at it, I I know, again, I have a bigger TV so I can see it, but whenever his head gets blown off, there's a bunch of silver... Where the so what the heck? I don't know because <laughs> there's like a gash, like a gaping void where his head was. Because the type of gun that it was, it was just a revolver, wasn't it? Well, it's a, that type of revolver is a lot more powerful than a normal revolver. So, like, but at the same time, it's adamantium. Isn't bullets supposed to not penetrate it at all? So you're right. Exactly. There is no way that that could happen. However, at the same time, it happens, and we have to deal with it because that's how X twenty four is killed. <laughs> you have to deal <laughs> that's with that. So fact. weird. It is weird because how did it blow off X twenty four's like a a chunk of his skull? Because you see, like where the part that's blown off, you see silver that's still there. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That makes no sense. Again. Unless they just, like, I don't know. They they could have, like, done all of him adamantium except for that part of his skull. Or maybe they just upgraded the bullets, like, a lot since X-Men Origins. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe they explode within your skull when they get... I don't... I have no clue, dude. That's a big plot hole. It is... But for me, like, knowing that that Paho exists, it still doesn't take away from the movie. It's just one of those things that it's like, well, that's how you kill X-24 and you have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying for sure. Like, I, I think they were trying to tie back to two origins, which is, well, I don't know if they were, like, intentionally doing that. I mean, it seems like it because that's that was a big plot point in that movie, too. But it's kind of like, couldn't you have found a better way to to kill X-24? Or, you know, I don't know exactly what you would do, but... Yeah. The other thing is, like, a tree punctures Logan through the chest, but it would have had to go through his adamantium ribcage, so how did that work? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, another, uh, other we should yeah. talk about, because, like, on the X-24, how he dies, I guess we should talk about, you know, he does get hit by a truck, and 
he gets lodged onto like a tractor. But like his oh, yeah. healing factor doesn't work after that. He has to get injected with that the X stuff to start. Well, even that again. time he takes a he takes a shotgun to the head, and that even blows off a crap ton of his face too. Yeah, I don't know. So it's dude. like, where is your skull, dude? Maybe, maybe they don't have a good form of adamantium. Maybe it's what if it's like an adamantium that's, titanium hybrid. That's what I was saying. Or like, what if it's just like. They they only had so much so that they could only do portions of his skeleton. Mm-hmm. So like I, I I mean if if that was the case you would have made sure his head was most protected However, for sure that, but they don't. That does like beg the question like it's like okay so they only had enough to do so much so that means they used a lot of it on Laura. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which okay we should talk about that uh, another thing I just kind of realized. How is Laura going to grow? Oh my gosh, that's a really good point. <laughs> oh my How gosh. How are her bones going to grow? They're in I never thought of that. They're <laughs> metal. How is she going to grow? That's a really good point. <laughs> her body's going to explode. The... <laughs> what if they just covered her claws in adamantium and then left everything else normal. See, but even the then, her claws are so tiny. Yeah, they'd always be tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Although that is a thing, I do think that they might have only done her claws because if you look at that scene where they have her laid out and she's a past, she's asleep, they do have her mm-hmm. arms and legs open only. So I am kind of wondering... Maybe they did only put it on her claws. Yeah, that facility was definitely not as, like, high-tech as the one in Origins, where mm-hmm. he was, like, in a vat or whatever. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, 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 we're, I think you and I are discovering things that would literally make no sense. But at the yeah, same time, it's much. like, I don't think this movie, like, you can think hard about it on certain aspects, but other aspects... You don't think that hard on it, otherwise it's gonna yeah, start the ruining it. Yeah, nitpicky aspects. Yeah, that's yeah. that that's it. When you get nitpicky, you you're like, oh, there's some things that are wrong. However, for me, still doesn't ruin the movie. No, it doesn't to me either. It's just it's things that I noticed and I kind of laugh about it because it's like that makes no sense. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, what's your last point, Freddie? My last point is this movie is a violent, sad send-off for Logan. And I think it's the one that he deserved the most because we had always seen Wolverine stabbing and killing people. And I feel like everyone was like, we never see anything that bad. Like, what would actually happen if Wolverine got into you with those adamantium claws? And I think finally with this movie... We get to see this is how... I mean, I know we have the unrated cut of um, the Wolverine, and that... <laughs> we both learned that that definitely showed <laughs> a lot more than we thought. That one, Dude, that one doesn't have as much as this one, though. Oh, That's no, sure. definitely not. Definitely not. This one's definitely a heck of a lot more violent. I mean, you see limbs 
get severed from people's bodies and you see like claws go through heads and up into jaws and a lot of there are so many claws and heads in Mm -hmm. this movie the the scene where uh professor x is having his seizure Mm -hmm. oh my gosh dude that is some brutal stuff yes like like (laughs) oh my goodness like that would suck that's how you die (laughs) wolverine killed you by yeah. stabbing his claws through your cranium. Yeah, that's it's this is like so violent, but it's like it's almost what we needed to see Logan get sent off. Because it's yeah. like Yeah, this is the ultimate this is the ultimate Wolverine. Even though he's old, aging, and slowly dying, this is the ultimate Wolverine right here. And like he's so old that even his claws are having trouble coming out. I think that, Ugh, that was awful. I think that's one of the most brutal moments because he's yeah. like you see at first like he tries to get all his claws out and it doesn't work, and then when he gets home, he literally pulls that claw out all the Ugh. way, and like so like thinking about that like there has to be a muscle that pushes his claws out right. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, he probably like flexes or something. Imagine like pulling on that Le- muscle oh, gosh. like that has to hurt so bad and on top of that yeah. he cuts his hand on his blade whenever he pulls it out it's like gosh. double pain when he does that yeah for real like, i would have had like a towel or something wrapped around it to pull it out <laughs> you know see the thing is i don't think he cares <laughs> I, I don't yeah I think that's the point of it like he's just kind of given up at this mm-hmm. point but but it's like it's such a harsh violent sad send off for Logan in general yeah that you know I'm so glad we got it but at the same time it strikes such an emotional chord it's like it's so hard to just watch this movie and the thing is yeah I watch this movie and I absolutely love it but I could never like put this movie on just like we're just gonna watch slogan today guys <laughs> happy fun go time yeah. no this is like <laughs> just again one of those once a year movies that you watch maybe once a year sometimes you probably wait two or three years because of how gut-wrenching it is to watch this yeah, film you you really have to be in the right headspace to mm-hmm. watch this film and if you're done with that point Oh yeah, you go, you go um, ahead that, with your next that one. leads me, yeah, that leads me perfectly into my last point, which is the three times that really hit me in the fields. In this all movie. right, let's hear all this. So, I'm gonna start with the the one that's the lightest, but it still was. I mean, it still hit me hard. Was when um, Logan is talking to X23, and you can you're finally starting to see that like X23, Lara, she wants. Logan to help them still and it's like right before they go to cross the border I think but Logan's basically like you know bad things happen to people I care about and then Laura's like well I guess I'll be fine then and that just hurts so bad to hear that Mm -hmm. because it's like she's just this little girl who's who's had a horrible life right I mean she was raised in a freaking facility basically no one really to care about her except for gabriella and maybe some other nurses and so like 
she just wants to have like someone to like care for her basically and she doesn't even i don't know that that one just like the way she said it that one hurt hard and the second moment it's uh it's when he's burying charles so i thought i think the first time i watched this movie when charles actually dies like at the farm that was harder for me to watch than his burial scene but this time around i think i already knew it was coming and so the burial scene is what got me even harder this time around because Logan can't say anything. Like, he can't even bring himself to say any kind words about Charles. Well. I got water and... Got water. <sighs> Hugh Jackman acts that perfectly, and I I straight up started crying at that point. Like I could not hold it anymore. I was like. Like, that mm-hmm. one hurt me so, so bad. Um, but the worst one for me was when Logan dies, and right before Logan's dying, Logan is dying, and Laura calls him daddy. That one, oh my gosh. Just the way that she says it, and not even so much that she says daddy, but the way she whimpers when she's crying, that killed me, man. Like that hurts so bad to to watch, mm-hmm. and that was the one that literally just kind of like I couldn't at all hold it. Like tears were just coming out of my face. <laughs> yeah, you know, I gotta say, I'll always be known. Before I walked into this movie, I said the stupidest thing whenever I went to go see it, and Jasmine's already laughing because she knows what it is. I saw people walking yeah. out, not crying, and I said, they're not true Marvel fans because they're not crying. The first time I watched this movie, I did not cry. I did not know <laughs> how to feel, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just didn't. I Because I just watched, like, disaster happen to one of some of our favorite characters in the X-Men universe. Yeah. I just, it's a roller coaster. I personally, like, did not ball my eyes out like I, I thought I was didn't happen and then I called Sean and he, he like he said in his origins episode him and Keon yeah. like balled in that movie and I didn't I don't know why so and I don't think I have since so I was watching it this time and the only time I started tearing up was um when X twenty four slams Logan onto that log and Logan just screams and that's like mm-hmm. that started pulling tears out of me because I was like no <laughs> no like yeah. it yeah it sucks and then you're right the part where he's talking to um 
Laura, and she straight up says, Daddy, yes, that is actually, you know, that that actually gets my tears, tears me up more. But I think what really started to get me was whenever, you know, she turns that cross to the X. Yeah. For X-Men. The final last, you know, X. Because he's the last one standing. Mm-hmm. I think that that also really gets me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you I know, uh, I think to go back to that the scene where he buries Professor X. I mm-hmm. I want to talk about like after that, you know, he he goes to the truck and he just starts getting pissed off. And he starts yeah, he beating the truck it. is, and it's like. I laughed because, you know, it is funny. However, like, it's not funny. It's extremely sad. Because Logan doesn't know what to do with himself now. He's literally just... He feels like nothing, I bet, at that moment. And, like, he just wants to give up. And you can tell because he's just beating the crap out of this truck. And, like, you, I laugh a little bit because it is funny how he takes the shovel starts whacking this truck but he's just literally taking out everything on this truck and to me it's funny like it's kind of a funny scene at the same time though it is the saddest scene because he's logan doesn't know what to do anymore he's literally a person without a cause right yeah but yeah i definitely uh, that's me you know i i don't know why i don't cry much more. I, I feel like it might not, it might be because I don't have, I love like the X-Men movies and stuff, but I'll tell you right now, I've cried more at Star Wars movies than I have the Marvel films. So I'll, I'll say I was that about right to say, that. I think that that's, that makes sense because like, I mean, we've already talked about this plenty in this podcast. Like I grew up on these movies mm-hmm. and you didn't really get into them as much until later on. And so I think maybe what made you have, you know, get more hit in the feels this time around was that we just spent the last two months leading up to this movie, watching all of these films. So it's very fresh on your mind. Mm-hmm. And it, when you have all that context, it hits you harder, man. I, I barely cried at all. The first time I watched this film, like I think I probably teared up at the, Professor, I, I did when Professor X died. Um, and then I probably got choked up a little bit at the end, but I, I got like, I got more teared up this time around than I did the first time I watched it mm-hmm. for sure. So I, I feel like having that context really amplifies it for you. Yeah. I, I'm sure that's what definitely got me this more this time. And you know, I'm kind of glad that's, that's good that. That that's what happens to you if you watch all these X Men movies with him in it. That yeah. you feel this way, so it makes me glad that if that's what did it, then that makes me super happy that you know if you watch all of those you know a lot happier X Men films, you come here, it's, you're gonna have a much more emotional attachment. I think that's what's happened here. I think especially yeah, since like now I'm gonna be able to look at the X Men films and say. All those were the first time that you and I did a podcast on. So now I'm definitely going to have a much stronger connection to these films because this is our, yeah. our, our first time doing a podcast 
and we're doing all these films. So I, 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 I think, I'm I sure right, yeah. that if I were to watch Logan again now, I would probably start bawling because I definitely have a lot more attachment now than yeah. I probably used to. But yeah, that's, that's just, again, it is an emotional film. It's It does like, it will mess you up for the rest of the day if you watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's no doubt like I about said, that. you ha- you really have to be in the right headspace to watch this movie. Like, like after you watch this movie, I kept putting it off too because I was not ready for it. <laughs> yeah, after you watch this movie, have a palate cleanser ready to go. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just going to be depressed the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. Is what I I should have right. done, but I didn't unfortunately until <laughs> I didn't either. Later. I watched it too late. I waited too long, and I watched like I had already watched a, a couple episodes of Community before I watched uh, Logan, and mm-hmm. it was like, why yeah. didn't I do this in reverse? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, I definitely should have like because I watched it. I started cooking, then I had to go pick up Jasmine, and then I came back, and she could tell I wasn't in the right mindset. But we did watch like. Some Family Guy, some an anime yeah. like, so we definitely got there. But yeah, it's definitely one of those movies where it's like, oh, you better have a palate cleanser, and it better be super funny. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh man, but yeah, that was. I mean, Connor, if that's all you gotta say about this amazing film, mm-hmm. we'll get right to our rating and where we place it on our list. Did you want to do nitpicks? Uh, you know what? I have a few. Let's see. <laughs> I have a couple funny ones, so I just want to say them really quick. Uh, the first one that I noticed is that the freaking auto trucks in this movie, dude. Whose idea was it to to make those a reality without like better technology? Because they straight up like don't care about pedestrians at all, and they. They run people off the road. These are like the worst trucks ever. Like, was Rick Smith involved in the planning process on these trucks? <laughs> yes. He had to have been. They're horrible because, like, they literally miss the uh, the Munson dude by, like, an inch. Mm-hmm. Like, he almost gets destroyed. Yeah, and the horse. It almost hits the horse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, whose idea was this? That is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah, it's a bad idea, but let's hope that never comes to fruition. Yeah. Uh, one of them just made me think, I thought about it because of the last episode, but these tiny kids are hauling Wolverine up the side of a cliff. Mm-hmm. And like last time we were talking about how heavy Wolverine is, that would have been so hard to do that. 300 pound man. <laughs> and who's lifting him up when you pause that scene? The a tiny kid. little girl. <laughs> Is lifting Wolverine. She must have super strength. That has to be her I mean, ability. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> like, there's no other way. It is a pulley way. system. So, it would only be, like, half of the weight because of the way the pulleys were arranged. But still, that is a oh, lot of no, weight. That's, that's still 150 pounds for that little girl. Exactly. Yeah, it's she's... just one person pulling on it. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like cranking away. Like you watch her, she's like, and it's, yeah, it's like she's, she's really cranking that thing. It's like she has super strength. <laughs> that is her ability. Was that the girl who could freeze? Like the, with I don't the know. ice breath? I don't remember. She was wearing a pink shirt. That's all I remember. 
Okay, it probably wasn't the same girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Another one is that the the enhancement medicine that Wolverine takes it lasts like two seconds. Mm-hmm. It's like what was the point of even manufacturing this if it if it's only gonna have effect for such as he took all of it too. Like it should have lasted for longer. I feel like. Well, dude, the funny thing is they even. They address that, like the guy says, yeah, "Oh I, yeah, it only lasts so long." It's like, well, why not make it last longer, you dinguses? Yeah, who manufactured this? Like, what the heck? I don't know. And then my last one is Wolverine again gets shot with a harpoon in the leg, and he just he doesn't cut the cord. Why? Do, what is it with him and freaking harpoon cords? He keeps it in his leg for like. A minute straight, and it's like, you could have gotten that out in, like, two seconds, dude. Just reach back and swipe your hand. Maybe he just has a problem with reaching backwards. Maybe his <laughs> muscles are too big for him to reach that far back. Maybe. I don't know. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. So that, uh, Those were my nitpicks. I have, a, have like, a few. Like, they're really minor. So, um, the part where Wolverine comes back from he was gonna go get Gabriella and Laura, but he comes back and Calvin's like, "What happened? Did everything go wrong?" Calvin loves asking questions because he asks fifty in two minutes, <laughs> and it's, a, yeah. it's I know it's the smallest little thing, but it's like, are you guys like, did you guys just not know what else to have him say? Because he like asked twenty questions in like thirty seconds. He was just firing yeah. at Logan, and Logan had no time to respond to any of them. <laughs> it was the suckiest thing. <laughs> because You're right, yeah. And another thing I wrote, as a, it's another nitpick, but it's like, this, there's no way they could have fit it in this movie because it was about Logan and getting, and Laura and um, Professor X. I did kind of want a little more about Pierce, like what is his backstory and kind of like that. Yeah. So we really didn't get that. You just know he's, he's the bad guy. You know, that's, that's, that's all we really got uh, from yeah. him, unfortunately. But I did want a little more, but again, it would have compromised what this film was about. And then, um, also well, they, they get killed off so quick too. Yeah. Rice just like mm-hmm. he gets headshot and he's done. It's so quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pierce? Pierce gets his headshot? Uh, Rice does. Dr. Rice. Oh, no, I don't, I'm, t- I'm Pierce talking about does. Pierce. Pierce, yeah, I'm talking about he does Pierce. die, yeah, he but like, it's like right him. after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Just, I wanted to know more about Pierce, not the doctor. Screw that doctor. Oh, okay. Creepy yeah. doctor. And then, um, it's a smaller thing again. And it's a film thing. It's not like they did it on purpose. But whenever Caliban is dropping off um, Pierce to uh, like leave him behind. We see um, Caliban drop Pierce, and then he walks around to the back of the truck. Now, when he's walking around to the back of the truck, if you look in the background, the road's empty. It's clear. There's nothing coming. Then, when Caliban goes back around, Pierce is holding the gun, and we see a line of trucks. Where did these trucks come from? They don't That's move true. at lightning fast speed, a hundred miles an hour on this dirt road. Maybe it's like they just appeared, and it's a film thing. It's like 
that's just how it was yeah, shot. Yeah, you're right. You have to deal with it. <laughs> and then um, another nitpick I have is um, I think it's when when again I think it goes back to that thing when Caliban sacrifices himself. You know, uh, what happens to the other guy that was in the van? Because there was another guy in that van, and he just dies. I guess again, though, that's just I guess so. That. Like. Yeah. You just have to assume. Cal- Caliban's sacrifice was pretty much worthless. Yeah, and then also I want to know how does Logan know Caliban sacrificed himself? There's a deleted scene uh, where Caliban dies because um, he's like crawling out of the the he's just crawling on the ground next to the exploded truck and like Logan sees him and Caliban looks up and then dies. That's all it is. Oh, so. So I think that yeah. they just didn't, for runtime, they took that out of the movie. Yeah, because it kind of makes no sense that Logan knows Caliban died. He just, so it's like Logan assumed that the explosion was Caliban. Well, actually, if you think about it, he did think that, um, his peers said that, that he left Caliban in a ditch at the beginning of the movie. So maybe from that, oh, like even without the okay. deleted scene, he just thought he was dead from the, from that entire time. Oh, okay. And also, another question is, like, I wrote down mutants safe in Canada. So, mutants are safe in Canada, but not America? Is that what I'm getting at? Yeah, this was one thing that was weird for me, too. Because it's like, you don't get to see anything of the safe haven, right? But clearly, this Richter kid was communicating with a lady that was in the safe, in Eden. So, it's like, what is it? And why? Like, how is it safe? So that was weird for me because it implies that there are other mutants that are exi- that have survived, mm-hmm. basically. They're just in Canada. <laughs> I don't know. That was weird for me. Yeah, Logan's home place. Yeah, and that's all the stuff I have. Well, let's get to the ranking because I'm curious to see what you had to say. All right, you want to hear mine first, my friend? The, the... You want the, yeah, sure. You, you want the number or the ranking first? Let's do the number first. The number first? Well, I gave this movie a 9.8. Nice. So, yeah. That is I, very high. I, I gave it a 9.8 because I wanted to give it a perfect 10, but based off of what we've talked about and the little things that happen and some of the CGI not being perfect, I took away 0.2 points, but I still give it a 9.8. <laughs> yeah. I am right there with you, man. I gave it a 9.5. And again, I I was like, I was debating. I was like, should I do a perfect score? And I was like, nah, there's probably better films out there. But this is still like an incredible movie. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed, even even as sad as I was, I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost, I almost gave it a 9.5. But I was like, no, I think it's better than that. That's why I gave it the 9.8. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just me personally. But, um, so, are you ready for my ranking? Because... I'm ready. I feel like it's, it's... After all the good stuff I've talked about in this film, I'm sure... It's, hey, this time's... Wait, start with your worst one first. Okay, I will do that. I will start with the worst one first. And that's the easiest thing in the world for me, because it's a piece of crap. Dark Phoenix, number 10. Screw Dark Phoenix. No one likes that movie. If you like that movie, you're wrong. <laughs> and then number 9... Is X3, number 8, X-Men Apocalypse, number 7, X-Men Wolverine Origins, number 6, The Wolverine, number 5 is X1, 
Number four is X2. Number three is first class. Number two is Days of Future Past. And number one is Logan. Nice. So it made it to the top. (laughs) Yeah, while I could never watch this movie and over, over, it is definitely the best in my opinion. And I absolutely love this film, even though I could only watch it once a year and be sane. I I absolutely loved and adored it. Yeah, I I agree. Here's here's my ranking of the ten X Men canonical films, not including Deadpool. So the worst for me is number ten is X Three: The Last Stand. Mm-hmm. Number nine is Dark Phoenix. Yeah, those both both of them suck. Number eight is Origins Wolverine. Number seven is Apocalypse. Number six is X-Men 1, the original. Number five is The Wolverine. Number four is X-2, X-Men United. Number three is X-Men First Class. Number two is Logan. And number one is Days of Future Past. (laughs) There we have it. <laughs> we're again just like last week we're one number different yeah and see i'm not even 100 percent convinced on this like <laughs> i i'm i struggle with logan because it's like it's the same reason like it's an amazing film it's easily the best made film out of any of these movies but if i'm ranking it based off enjoyment level i almost feel like like you said, I would I would go to Days of Future Past in a heartbeat before Logan. And it's not because it's a better film. It's just more enjoyable to me because Logan is just so sad. You have to be in that headspace to watch mm-hmm. it. So I felt bad doing that, but <laughs> I, I think that's that's the truest that I can do. So there you are, guys. You've heard both of our rankings. You've heard our number rating on a scale of one to ten. Yep. We're both pretty close on the I mean we're pretty close on where they are, like on our list and the number ranking. I mean you only put it at number two, I put it at number one. Again, one number off from each other and I gave it a nine point eight, gave it a nine point five. I guarantee this is the highest rated film out of all of them. And I don't oh yeah think any of the other movies will top it. Of course, I could be biting my tongue next week after we do watch Ryan Reynolds Deadpool. as Deadpool. And I have to say, I am so glad we didn't end on Logan <laughs> on the worst note <laughs> possible. And I'm glad we're going to the comedies of the um, X-Men trilogy, of the X-Men films in general. Yeah. So um, that is right. You heard us. Next week, guys, we are going to watch and review Deadpool for you guys. So, so I go watch hope that. you guys watch it so you can come and listen to us. And um, it's definitely going to be a lot more fun than the movie oh, we yeah. just watched. Yep. So I hope everyone gets excited for that, not being depressed. I'm kind of glad that it played out in this order because it's almost like this is the end of the main X-Men movies mm-hmm. franchise and Deadpool's just kind of like a a side franchise to it. It's it's almost like its own thing. So 
So it seems it seems pretty fitting that we that it ended up being this this order. All right, so uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode, and also go check out our Instagram at Cinema Seekers Pod, uh, where you can comment on our posts. And um, once we get a little bit of a bigger following, we're gonna start doing some of those polls and stuff. Once we like know that you guys will actually you know, respond to those because there's no point in doing them if we're not going to get any responses. And, um, yeah. And also I think you can leave some audio messages if you want on anchor, which is where this podcast is being hosted primarily. I know that you can also listen on Spotify and other platforms as well, but go uh, follow our Instagram. Um, and so that you can know what we're going to do next and you can give us suggestions. Mm-hmm. And we're still asking, you know, what do you want us to do after we finish the Deadpool movies. Um, we are already talking amongst ourselves about what we want to do next. However, if you guys do happen to suggest something, if we can, we will happily attempt to do it. So uh, just remember that, guys. Give us a suggestion after after the Deadpool stuff. Absolutely. And I will say that um, submitting requests for like standalone films as opposed to like long franchises are probably going to get more or will be more likely for us to do because it's kind of hard for us to plan out to do an entire franchise if we're not really all in on it so um definitely submit your requests regardless of what it is but preferably standalone films would be better i think Mm -hmm. because it's just more likely for us to be able to have the time to do it But yeah, that's it, guys. Thanks for listening, and come back next week. And until then, you've been listening to The Cinema Cinema Seekers. And we'll see you next week, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.